Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 Sports Team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. Good evening and welcome to Sports View. I'm Ben Anderson, and joining me for the first half of the program are two members of Marshall's Cross Country, representing the Thundering Herd Cross Country teams this evening. To my right is graduate as a graduate senior from Parkersburg, West Virginia, and 2022 Sunbelt All-Conference runner, majoring in elementary education, Abby Herring. And to my left is also a graduate student from Milford, Michigan, and 2022 all Sun Belt Conference runner and double majoring in both criminal justice and park and recreation, Evan White. Evan, Abby, great to have you on the program this evening. Thanks for having uh, us. Thanks for being here. All right, well, Evan, let's, let's start off with you in this one. You and Abby have both been here for about five years now and are both now in grad school. How, with all that, how has Marshall kind of treated you so far in these last five years? The past five years have been outstanding. I've had a great time. Um, basically, I came in five years ago, and that was right before COVID hit. And once COVID hit, we had a huge, huge uh, change in our base guard program, our uh, schooling. Everything basically was tossed up in the air. In the past year, year and a half, everything's kind of really gone back to normal. So it's been a really great opportunity to basically have everything normal again. And I'm really happy that we're not all in lockdown online classes anymore. I'm at practice running with my teammates every single day compared to my sophomore year where we couldn't do that anymore. And I'm just really happy that Marshall, we've made it, we've came this far to where we are now and I'm, I'm super happy. Well, I have the same thing for you. So how, how has Marshall been treating you so far? Uh, really good. Bouncing off what Evan said, like COVID was really rough for us. Um, not really like knowing next, you know, or ne- when our next meet's going to be or stuff like that. But, um, yeah, running has been something that's been like super constant in my life. If, you know, even though everything was really unstable and, you know, you didn't know when you were going to get to race next, it was like, you know, you still had your team out there. Like, you know, that other people were putting in the work, but Marshall as a whole has been really good for me, both athletically, athletics and academics have been really good. The community here is just awesome. All right. Well, there's always the big thing that's always the thought is that an athlete chooses a specific sport for a reason. So I always want, now, Abby, I started doing this one. What kind of led you to pursue cross country? Um, so I started running cross country when I was in eighth grade. I started as more of like a, like a social thing, you know, all my friends were doing it and, um, I want to say that that's kind of like why I stuck, like I stuck through it for so many years is like the team aspect of it. Like we we'll all come together as a family, you know, you're all putting in miles together, you're hurting together, you know, you're traveling, racing together. Um, so socially, like that's why I started running, but it's been like a good, good mental thing for me too. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Evan, what, what led you to pursue cross Well, I started my career, this is actually my 15th uh, season uh, competitively running so I've been this is all I've ever known uh, I tried playing baseball football there's all those other sports so I just never really gotten into them and when I started in uh, elementary school actually we had a run club that our school put on is the only sc- uh, sport that we were allowed to do while in middle school or in elementary school and 
all my friends did it. So I got in, I started because all my friends did it. And then once I got in middle school, uh, where we were actually allowed to compete in different events and meets and I actually had a legit program, I just fell in love with it. I really liked the competitive uh, aspect of it. Um, I like how it's an individual sport, but at the same time, it's also a team sport. Uh, when you're out on the course, you have your teammates out there, but you're also battling against yourself to basically mentally be able to push yourself further and faster. So I, then I've also had great coaches throughout my whole career that have always basically made me pursue, uh, made me want to pursue it further. And coming into college, I really didn't, I'll be honest, I really didn't know if I was going to run where I was going or anything like that. And my coach sat me down and he said, you have a great opportunity. And basically I love running and I just wanted to keep going further. So he was the one that really pushed me to actually continue my running career. And I'm super happy I did, and I love it here at Marshall. All right. Well, this past Friday, you guys competed in the Thundering Herd Invitational, being the marking the first home meet since 1989, being a very historical meet for this program. Abby, I'd like to start off with you. You're off to a hard, hot start this season, winning both Virginia Tech Invitational and the Thundering Herd Invitational. How is it to have such a hot start in your final season here at Marshall? It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think – Starting off with our homie, our Virginia Tech, I knew that like our t- our girls team was gonna do well just because we've all been super motivated, putting in the miles, and uh, so I was really excited to see like not just like myself and like my results, but also just like as a team, like the girls team's just been doing awesome. Uh, the Thundering Herd Invitational was really cool because um, me personally, like my family, like we're all most of us are in West Virginia, so like they got to come. Uh, friends from school, my mentor teacher from last year got to come and watch. So that was really cool. Um, so, you know, you're not just running for yourself. You're running for your family and your friends and the community. All right, Evan, you've been the top finisher of these last two meets on the men's side. How is it to become, how is it to be able to lead this, this men's team so early on in the season? Uh, it's been really awesome. Um, it's really nice. We have a lot of really young guys that are starting to move up. Uh, we got a our last uh, recruiting class that we just brought in. We had brought in a whole bunch of new freshmen and some uh, transfers. So being able to lead those guys and kind of set the standard of that we are here to win and we're going to basically compete as a championship team has been really awesome. I want to see after I leave, I'm going to be gone uh, after this uh, track season. And I want to set the standard that we're here to win. I want I want uh, my team after I leave to basically surpass where we left off and basically be able to be champions. And that's what I want. Well, I've been talking about track. You've been part of many historical moments in the, within the track and cross-country programs. You're part of the inaugural men's, when they brought back men's last year, you're part of that inaugural roster. And then you competed in the first home meet for cross-country for well, as long, longer than all three of us have been alive. How is it as an athlete to be part of such historical milestones for for this program? Uh, I never could dream of it. When I started out, I, I, I came here because I knew we were going to be running cross-country and a couple uh, occasional track meets. But having the opportunity to, to basically bring back the men's uh, program, at the, during the summer, we had no idea that the, our track team was going to be coming back. So it was a huge, huge boost of confidence knowing that it's like, hey, we might be getting a track team. And everybody, as soon as we found out we might be getting a track team, we all skyrocketed in our training. And basically knowing we have something to train for basically made us all so much better. And it was just a great honor. And I was glad that I had the eligibility to come back a fifth year because at the end of the last track season, I was like, I want more. I really, I miss track and I'm super excited that I have the opportunity to race another year. And then also being part of the first uh, home cross country meet in many years, that was also a great honor. It was, you know, we're always on the road and we never have 
the support from Marshall because we're always gone. So being able to have everybody from school to be uh, to come out there and support us was just amazing, and I can see this meet growing every year. Uh, talking about the overall results, women's of course, Abby, you you win the event. Women's finished second, men's finished third. Abby, uh, overall, what was your overall thoughts of the women's team's overall performance in the Thunderbird Invitational? I mean, all of our girls did awesome. I think that our training is like really reflected on how we've done these past couple meets. Uh, I will say, like, you know, that it was hot. It was the course was relatively flat, but like the conditions, you know, it was hot, and that's kind of like what cross season is like the beginning you know it gets colder as it goes on but um yeah we all kind of like battled through the heat and it was it was a really good meet on our part all right, then, proud of our girls and then evan for you i remember talking to you a couple weeks ago after the virginia tech invitational it was a kind you guys trying to bounce back after training for longer distances how much of an impact do you think that training had for then that two-week gap on the men's strong bounce back performance in the Thundering Herd invitation. Oh, I believe that we basically we've been we're still training extremely hard. Um, after Virginia Tech, we knew that we had some fast uh, meets coming up, so our training basically we continued up with our high mileage. We've been slowly starting to come down a little bit, but our workouts have been harder than ever, and they're just going to keep getting harder until we get to our, our conference meet. And our our guys improved night and day from Virginia Tech, or even when we just ran a 6K to going to the 5K, they made huge leaps and bounds. And looking at where they're at now and where, where we're going, I can see them making even more huge improvements as we move on. And then Abby, and of course, like women's top performances this season, went, yeah, finishing second in Virginia Tech, for, and then first in the Thundering Herd Invitational. How does a strong start this for this Women's team kind of help carry momentum through the rest of the season and into the Sunbelt Conference Championships a month a month from now. I think starting off with these two first meets, it was a really big confidence booster for a lot of the girls. We have two freshmen who are extremely talented. Um, right behind me is Kylie Mastin. She's a senior. Behind her is Hannah Weiler. And, you know, after that, the group gets, I mean, really close. So I think for our girls, it's it's not competitive to travel, but it's, you know, it's a whole bunch of girls supporting each other and like wanting each other to go faster and faster, you know, PR, but, um, where those girls are so close, it's like, I don't know, they're, they're just pushing each other and they're getting out there and it's, it's awesome. All right. Then Evan with two events in the books, how do you think the men's team has shaped out so far from now from the beginning season to now? Oh, like I was saying that they made leaps and bounds in their training and they're going to keep progressing further and further. And basically our team is extremely competitive. We have a lot of young guys that are right on right and uh, all right with each other. So they're going to be basically fighting it out every meet, every workout, and basically just trying to improve as much as they possibly can so they can have a spot when uh, we go to our uh, conference meet. So they're going to be basically, we're all going to be working as hard as we possibly can, basically fighting for spots. And it's all really good. Basically, it kind of, it's like a double-edged sword because everybody's going to be working really hard. Everybody's going to be improving a lot. But at the end of the day, we can only take eight to our conference meet. So, but we're going to take the best that we can. And they're going to be fighting and out working hard. So it's a win-win no matter what. Even if they don't make the conference meet, they're going to be in great shape going into winter track. And winter track is a whole different dynamic. So we can bring a lot more people. And then Abby, for the same thing for you. How do you think the, the women's team has shaped out from the beginning of the season to now? Uh, kind of following what Evan said, we've had some tough workouts and um, there's a whole bunch of girls just, I don't want to say battling it out because that's not what it is. Our whole team's really supportive of each other. But I mean, everyone's just, I mean, everyone's working hard. 
putting in the miles, putting in the training, whether, you know, it's cold outside or it's hot or it's raining, you know, we're out there doing it. A lot of sports, you know, they can just like go inside and train for us if we're out in any sort of weather condition. So I think that that definitely builds some mental and physical toughness. All right. I want to talk about more about the season moving forward. Evan, first with you. It's like with the strong start of the men's team, how do you guys, with in the Thunder Hermitage, how do you guys plan on trying to carry this momentum into it? conference um basically we got some really fast come uh, uh, meets coming up uh in two weeks we'll be going to louisville which is usually our fastest meet everybody usually runs extremely fast runs all their prs so it's a great benchmark to see where we're at and what we are projected to do at our conference meet so we're gonna we're gonna be training real hard and, um basically i believe we have eight weeks i believe to our conference meet and every week is we got something set in stone. It's we got our big big name workouts coming up, like the Michigan. We just finished doing the Marco this past Tuesday. On Friday, we have a six mile tempo, which is going to basically see what endurance we got and how fit we are, and see where how much more we can press. All right. Well, on that, on that with the Texas, where you have a big meet the Texas A&M meet, you get to see most of the summer opponents that you don't usually get to see in the West schools, such as Louisiana, Monroe, Arkansas State, Louisiana. How big is that for you guys to be able to kind of compete against them and see them before the conference championship meets? Uh, this is huge. This is basically never heard of uh, in cross country, really, for us. as um, Because we'll go to these uh, invitationals, and it's not like in football where you versus your conference uh, other teams. It's We go to these meets, and it's whoever shows up to the meet really runs. But going to basically check out the competition uh, two weeks out from our conference meet will be like, all right, we know we are here. We have to improve this much before we get to the conference meet to basically place as high as we possibly can. So it's a great, great training method or training tool. So we'll be able to see where we stack up, which we've never been able to really do before because every course is a little bit different. Some run fast, some run slow. Competition's good, so you're going to run faster. But being able to compete uh, day, basically at the same course, same time, everything. It's going to be great to see where we are because some team can go out and run a super fast course and on paper they look like they're going to crush us, but when we go to the conference meet, we could absolutely crush them. So it's just it's a great benchmark and basically predictions really don't mean much. Um, basically getting on the course, racing day that day will show who's the fittest. All right, Abby, in your opinion, how is how big is it to be able to race against about ultra-conference opponents they usually don't see before the conference championships. Yeah, kind of with what Evan said, too, it's not really heard of. I think where the Sunbelt schools are so spread out, you know, across the whole country, um, it's not really heard of. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of indecisive going into it. You know, uh, when it comes down to, like, the day of conference, it doesn't matter, you know, how this other person raced a couple weeks before at Texas A&M. Like, it's just, it's going to go down to the line that day. I think it'll be fun, though. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good experience. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step aside for a quick break as you're listening to Sports Beat on the WS Sports Media Network. You did it! You won! Congratulations! You solved all ten briefcases without hitting a whammy! That means you've won the grand prize. Tell them about it, Rod! It's brand new radio station from Marshall University, WMUL 88.1. Contains the best music library, news coverage, award-winning sports, and impeccable talent. It's the WMUL 88.1, the cutting edge. Ah, my darling, I love the tango. And I love you more than the sunrise on a clear summer day. More than the colors of the rainbow. More than the, how do you say, 
American football. Do you love me more than the WMUL? Are you crazy, woman? I mean, alas, it is not so. For the WMUL is, how do you say? Ah, yes, too sexy. Welcome back to Sports View alongside me, two members of Marshall's Cross Country, graduate student Abby Herring and graduate student Evan White. Well, we were kind of more, well, right before we went to break, we were talking about the season moving forward. This, Evan, you had a bye week this week. How has practice been this week coming off the historic Thundering Herd Invitational and preparing for the Louisville Classic? Basically, being having a bye week means we get to train as hard as we possibly can. So that's really great. Um, basically, we've had Tuesday, we had an extremely hard workout. Friday, we're going to have a really strong, hard workout. Sunday, we're going to do a really nice, hard, long run. So it's basically this is where we be, are be able to build our fitness and our endurance and our strength as much as we possibly can. Because uh, when we go to race week, we really tone down on our workouts on Tuesday. And then we basically don't get a second workout because we're racing. So being able to have two, two to three workouts in that week that makes a world of a difference. That's where we basically gain our fitness. All right, then, Abby, for you with one month remaining left in, in this season, what, in your opinion, is the biggest key for this team, uh, for the women's team for the rest of the season and the Sunbelt Conference Championships? Um, kind of going off of what Evan said, it's, the, it's not just racing. It's the weeks in between. You know, we have a bye week. Uh, it's not like our training's any easier. It's not like we're getting any rest. Like on Tuesday, we had a hard workout, the Marco, um, 600, uh, 600 fast, two mile tempo, 400, 600, or 400, two mile tempo, 600. And so if you don't know what that means, it's, it's pretty hard. It's a lengthy workout. Uh, the girls ran up a very large hill today in Huntington. We did a seven miler, um, this Sunday, we're gonna have a hard long run. And so it's the weeks in between. I mean, racing's obviously going to help you a lot too, but um, it's the weeks in between. It's all the miles, all the doubles that you're doing, even the recovery that you're putting in after, you know, going to the training room, getting in the ice bath, stretching, rolling. It's the little things in between, you know, drinking enough water, stuff like that. That's really going to help us in the long run. And then Evan, same team for you. So what, in your opinion, is like the biggest key or the biggest key need improvement for the men's team going into the rest of this season? Uh, basically just keeping up with our training, um, hitting our mileage, um, basically show up. That's the biggest thing is if you're not showing up, you're not going to get better. Um, doing all of our runs, our doubles, uh, basically the biggest thing is getting enough recovery right now. It's like right in the heart of the season, you need to take your rest. You need to drink your water. You need to go to the training room, get, get if you're banged up a little bit, get those injuries taken care of now and get them completely resolved. So when we go to conference, you're not going to be, be like, ooh, my hamstring's a little tight or anything like that. We, we want to go to a conference and be like, I'm in the most peak fitness I possibly am, and I have no injuries, no nagging pains or anything like that. All right. Well, Abby, I want to start this question off with you. With with, with four, three to four events remaining, which one are you looking forward to the most? Um, Like the meets are raining? Yeah. Uh, okay, I have two. <laughs> Louisville, which is next week. It's a very fast meet. It's, I mean, the course is awesome. It's super flat. And also we're getting to race against some really, really good teams. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And conference too. Uh, I don't know. Something about just like being in Foley, Alabama last year was like a little bit chaotic because uh, they changed the date of the race, like maybe like two days before we ran. So, you know, we, we flew down to 
Pensacola, I think is where we flew into. And then, you know, we took our cars back to the hotel, went to bed, woke up the next day, ate lunch, ate breakfast, and then ran. And so I think last year, like there wasn't enough time to be nervous because we were all stressed out about the conditions of stuff. But, um, I don't know. There was just something about like being like at the conference meet on the line. It's like, okay, like I've worked so hard up to this. Like this is the meet where you want to do something. So I'm really excited for conference at Louisville. All right, Evan, same question for you. I've the remaining meets left. Which ones are you looking forward to the most? Oh, I'm really looking forward for all of them. Basically, we got Louisville coming up, which has basically been our top meet that we usually go to. It's the fastest, run the best there. And so I'm really excited to go there and basically see what we can do. But I'm also really excited to go to Texas. This is our first time being able to travel down there and see uh, competition. I've never been to Texas, so I'm just excited to go look at the state, <laughs> really. And then conference meet, you can't get better than that. That's what we're here for. We're here to basically compete as Marshall against the Sun Belt to see where we stack up and see how well we can do. Um, teams looking, Our team's looking really good, run really good. And I think we have a real good shot coming to conference. All right, well, Abby, that's a good with you on the first one. But it's known for a fact that both this men's and women's team are stacked with talent. And with that being said, Abby, who do you think on the women's side improved the most from beginning season to now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, we have a lot of, like, standout girls. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Tori Dotson. She – so – she is a mid-distance girl. You know, she ran cross her freshman year, and then sophomore year was COVID. She still ran cross. Last year, she took the entire season off. She ran a 6K at Bowling Green just for fun. But, I mean, she came back this season, back to cross country after, you know, doing mid-distance. And she, I think she was maybe our, like, number four runner last meet. Like, she's killing it. So, I'm going to give my kudos to Tori. She's putting in the work. All right, Evan, on the men's side, who do you think has improved the most from beginning season to now? Ooh, I believe from for the person that basically came in till now, I believe it's Kent B. Uh, he started off. He was a he came in at the heart of COVID, and he was the only one in that recruiting class. So he was all alone, and basically we didn't have practice, we didn't have anything. So for him, I, I can imagine how hard that was for him. And then basically he's competed all his way up, and now he's got a spot on the uh, traveling team, and he's. Like he's worked it. He he's worked extremely hard. He came in, not not going to be a top guy on the team, you know, fighting for those kind of back spots. But he's putting in the work and he's improved significantly since he came here. And he's continually to get better and better. And I'm, it's his last year, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. All right. Well, I'd like to now kind of go into more of what your guys' life is like as athletes here at Marshall. First, Abby, kind of start with you. When, about race day, so how do you mentally prepare for it for a meet? Oh, gosh. I'm not the right person to ask for this. I, Whenever I'm racing or I'm getting ready to run, I cannot think about it because I will psych myself out. You know, I'll stack up, like, my homework assignments that day. Of, so I'm, like, you know, doing homework in the mornings. or um, I, I, I can't think about running. I think I'll psych myself out too much. Um, yeah, just whenever I get on the line, like, that's, like, okay, I'm racing. Like, this is it. And then for you, how, how do you mentally prepare for a meet? Oh, I'm probably nominally. I could, when I go to the meet, I'm just like, all right, here to run. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't psych myself out or anything like that. I've been doing this for basically, I've been doing it for 15 years. So for me, it's just another day. Um, I really enjoy it. I used to get, well, back when I first started running, I used to get 
really nervous. I, was, I felt almost sick when I would start before I got in the race. I'd be like, oh my God, I got a race. <laughs> now I'm like, all right, here we go. Another one. But it's kind of getting sad. I'm like, man, I'm counting down my last cross country races. And it's just like, season's almost over. This is my last season. So it's kind of, it's changed since it's changing. I'm getting more, more like, oh, got to take, got to think about it more and be like, this is it. And I've always wondered this in terms of training. I know collegiate, division one collegiate training is more intense than people, than people realize. And I'd like to start off with you. How is the training like at the collegiate D1 level? So I'm going to make a little comparison. When I was in high school, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, I So I think I topped out this summer running 63 miles, 60 or 63 miles. Um, when I was in high school, I was probably averaging maybe 20. Uh, so going from a high school that... Um, wasn't super running based, you know, we weren't doing super intense workouts or longer mileage coming into the collegiate level. I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. It's, it's intense. People here, I think, I think people here, um, at the college level, like, you know, you just, like, you don't skip a run. It's, it's unheard of. Like you just don't do it. You just, you know, you wake up, put on your running clothes, you go run. There's no, like, there's no, Oh, like I'm tired today. or Oh, I can't do this. It's, that's just, it's your lifestyle. It's what you do. All right, Evan, same thing to you. How in your opinion, it's like the training like at this level? Well, I'm different from Abby. I came from a super elite running school. So our motto was committed to excellent. And um, my high school coach, Brian Salliers, he set that in our mindset. And we were there. We were training like a college program. We were every morning we were doing something after practice or after school. We would have our runs. We'd have study tables. We'd have hours that we had to basically go to. A, so for me, it's been basically almost eight or nine years of collegiate training. So not much has really changed for me. So, but it is like what Abby's saying is you show up, it's like, all right, I got to run today. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's just basically being able to commit yourself to being able to basically on those mornings, you wake up at six o'clock and you're like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. It's like, nope, I had to get out. I got to train. I got to go. I got to get better. Well, both of us being graduate students and nearing graduation, I was just wondering this. Well, I've been starting with you. What's kind of your career goals when you leave Marshall? My career goals is I actually want to go back and work for the Michigan DNR as a law enforcement officer for them. That's been my dream since I was a little kid. And basically, that's why I'm a double major in criminal justice, park recreational management to kind of follow that career. And that's what I've always wanted to do. Uh, Abby, you and what is your career goals when you leave Marshall? Um, after I leave Marshall, well, okay, my master's is two years, so I'll still be in school for another year. But after that, um, yeah, I want to teach. I want to teach elementary school, hopefully anywhere between first and third grade. I could do kindergarten, fourth or fifth, but I would prefer first, <laughs> first through third. <laughs> All right. Well, Evan, well, I, always, I always like ending interviews like this on this question. And that is, if you if you had to give advice to somebody that was a high school senior receiving Division One collegiate offers or is already committed to being D one athlete, what what would you tell them? Well, if they're looking at going D one and they have a whole bunch of options, uh, basically go for it. It's an awesome experience. There's nothing like it. I know uh, friends at uh, D two and D three, and what I hear, what they have to go through to compare to what we have here. Uh, at Marshall, we have a dining hall just for athletes. We have full training rooms. We get our own. We get a whole bunch of gear, shoes, and all everything like that. So I say, shoot for the stars. Go D one. 
Right, Abby, if you were to give any advice to someone getting offers or, or already committed, what would you tell them? Uh, same with Evan, go for it. Uh, coming out of high school, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the fastest times and stuff. And there was people in my hometown, like, oh my gosh, like you're going to Marshall. Like that's a big school, you know, almost, you know, putting me down. Okay. You can't do this. Uh, you can do it. <laughs> you can definitely do it. Uh, it takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. Well, Abby, Evan, thank you for coming on to, to the show tonight. So ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the first half of sports. You ain't wrong. Good luck at Louisville Classic. Good luck on the rest of the season. We will step aside for a quick break, and we return to Ben Cower have the halftime sports report. And Kyle Spalling will sit down with Ryan Holmes and Marco Silva of Marshall Men's Soccer as you're listening to Sports View on Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. can't make it. Luke. Luke. Ed, is that you? You must go to the Marshall system. There you shall seek out WMUL-FM and be trained in the ways of news, sports, and the widest variety of music in the tri-state. But how, Ben? Use the force, Luke. Let it guide you to 88.1 on the dial. And remember, WMUL's force will always be with you. Yeah, I knew Joe. He was a friend of mine. I always liked him. We used to hang out, you know? Well, I, I mean, I, I noticed he started acting different. You know, keeping to himself more, not eating right. His grades even began to drop. I, I thought it was just because he and his girlfriend had just broken up. I mean, it seemed natural. And I never thought that Joe would be the type to... On an average day, 84 people die from suicide, and many more attempt to end their lives. If you, or someone you know, is having trouble eating, sleeping, or has started talking about suicide, tell someone, or get them help. Don't let your friends say goodbye. This message brought to you by your friends at WMUL. A recent study found that the average American spends 8.5 hours in front of television, cell phone, and computer screens a day. Let's say that the average American lives to be 75 years old. That would mean that the average American spends 26 and a half years in front of screens. That's over a third of someone's life. Imagine a world where you spent the first third of your life in front of a screen. Imagine your only source of satisfaction coming from the sense of closure you get from watching the resolution of some petty, fictional 30-minute argument time and time again. Imagine the stale laugh track from some inane sitcom mocking you recorded from a disembodied studio audience. But then imagine going outside for the first time in 26 terrible years of isolation and feeling actual sunlight on your face. Do yourself a favor. Go outside. Enjoy your life. This has been a special reminder from WMUL 88.1, The Cutting Edge. Timmy, don't forget to brush your teeth before you go to school. No, Mom, I don't have time to brush my teeth. Timmy, if you don't brush your teeth, they'll rot! No! Little did Timmy know that would be remembered as the worst day of his life. After not brushing his teeth, he walked outside, and a car drove through a puddle, splashing Timmy, getting him soaking wet. Oh! 
Oh, no. After walking to school drenched, Timmy got the news that he was failing all his classes and then was kicked off the rugby team. Oh, man. On his way home after school, a gust of wind blew Timmy's hat into the street. And when he went to get it, he was struck by a vehicle. Now sporting a full-body cast, Timmy's girlfriend Jill dumped him. Because it's not cool to go to prom with a mummy. Did you know that thousands of Americans suffer from cavities every year? (gasps) Remember to brush your teeth after every meal. Who knows what it could prevent? This announcement brought to you by your friends at WMUL. Ever think of yourself as a human garbage can? Why can't you be more like him? Do you think he'd need to eat that? Nice hair. Did you use a weed whacker? Are you really that dense? Quit being a wuss. Baby, I love you. But either put out or get out. You're educated way beyond your intelligence. She wouldn't have done anything that stupid. Maybe you should start wearing more makeup. Stop being such a baby. Everyone else is doing it. Negative comments with or without peer pressure can damage not only a person's self-esteem, but may also create bad consequences. Whether it's verbal or physical, trash is trash, and only you have the power to put a lid on it. So don't allow yourself to become someone else's garbage can. This message about self-esteem is from your friends at WMUL. The best news program in the nation as honored by the National Broadcasting Society. More than 130 live Marshall sporting events every year. One of the top college radio stations in the nation. 50 years of broadcasting excellence. 88.1 WMUL-FM. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to SportsView on the Cutting Edge Radio Network. I'm your host for the second half of the show, Kyle Spaulding. NCAA college soccer has a new team ranked at number one, and if you haven't heard, it's the Marshall Thundering Herd. The team is undefeated after its last game against James Madison University, who were number nine in the nation, increasing the herd's season record to 7-0 and and giving the teams its first conference win of the season. Today, I'm joined by two of the Herd's midfielders, redshirt freshman Marco Silva and sophomore Ryan Holmes. How are we feeling today, guys? Feeling pretty good. Uh, happy to be on the show. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And to start off, I just wanted to thank you all for showing up and t- taking the time out of your busy day to come out here and do this interview with me. And to start things off, with both of you playing midfield, for the people listening at home who may not understand much about soccer, would one of you give details of what your role is on the pitch? Well, specifically for midfielders, they're sort of in the middle of the pack. They do the work both offensively and defensively and make their way. Depending on what their role is, they can either create more on offense or hold back and control the play more through the midfield. But on me more, I'm out on the wing, so I try and just stretch the field and create and go and attack. Awesome, man. And transitioning from your role on the pitch what are your roles at Marshall for the fans tuning in that may not know you what are your majors and what does your day-to-day schedule look like Uh, I'm a finance major and most of my classes are online but I have some in person so I'm just going from practice and then 
either I'll have my one class or I just have the rest of the day to work on what I have to do for the rest of the day. Yeah, and I'm a humanities major, and um, yeah, it's pretty similar. Most of my classes are online. I got a couple in persons. Um, so when we're done with training in the morning, it's usually go either go to class or go get something to eat, and then have the rest of the day to yourself. To yourself. Awesome. And with a lot of time dedicated to school and soccer, when you guys have free time, what are some of the hobbies or things you like to do when you have the chance? Outside of soccer, of course. So for me, um, I just went on Marshall's rock wall for the first time. Really? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. And I loved it. Me and, me and Buddy went over there and we were, we were climbing on the wall and had a great time doing it. So I think, I think we're going to try to get into that a little bit more. Oh, me? I'll mostly just hang out in my room with my roommates and just kind of kick it with them for the most part. So not big on going out around Huntington? I try and uh, explore, since I'm not really around here like him. Yeah. So I just try and explore new things and maybe go to a different city around or just explore downtown and other things. And now that the team is ranked number one in the country, does that make life any different for you guys on campus? Do people, like, stop you when you're walking? or? Not yet, they haven't. Um, and... I don't know. I, I don't think I would want them to, you know, I I think I'd want them to treat us like normal students, you know, because I don't know. It's not like we're famous or anything. Right. We're just we're here to do our job. And that's what that's what we've been doing. And that's why we're number one. What about you? you anybody stop you yet? No, not me specifically, but I've seen it happen to other players. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about home for you guys. Where did you grow up and what gave you the passion you have for the game today? I know that you're from around the area. You're from Ona. But what about you? I'm from Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour north of Philadelphia. And mostly I just grew up in my club, my boyhood club for a while until I was around 10. Went to the Philadelphia Union Academy, went to prep school, and now my journey took me here. Awesome. And growing up in Ona, West Virginia in most areas isn't really big on soccer so to find that passion and drive to get here to Marshall what was that like yes so growing up none of my family had played soccer before so it was kind of like a one-time thing with me you know I grew up playing baseball and basketball and other other things but I just I found a love for soccer and I mean I grew up playing in the the YMCA over in Huntington and um yeah like you said growing up here in West Virginia it's not as as passionate about about the game as other places um, but it was good for me because I was so close to Marshall that even when, even when they weren't as good as they are now, that they still had games and I still got to go to them. And like I was even a ball boy for one, for a game a couple really? times. Yeah. So I mean, I still I still had that, but it wasn't it wasn't as it wasn't as big as other places for sure. Awesome. And so speaking of that, at the same time, you being a native here, what made you guys choose to come to Marshall? Did seeing them win the national championship affect anything at all in 2020 or is it just hometown you want to be here and then good program recruited you well all those things that you said with the winning the national championship you know when i got my offer i was like oh my god like the national champion just offered me but when i was at my school i had three other teammates on my team that i already committed so i knew that once I got this opportunity that if I were to go there to a new environment, I would already be around close friends and it would make the transition a lot easier. So that really played a big part in it. And how does it feel to get to play with the same team that you play with in high school, like at a, co- or at a collegiate level? I mean, that's got to be oh, special. Yeah. That is really cool because that doesn't happen often, let alone one teammate, three others. Yeah. I mean, one of them transferred 
before this year. So I'm still with Ethan Prescott and Matthew Bell, and we've just really created a strong connection. We're all still living together, and it's been a blast. Awesome. And is it just being from home? Marshall is the place to go for you? <laughs> yeah, being from home for sure. I mean, living 20 minutes down the road growing up here, it's like there's everything that I have and everything that I need is here. Everything I know is here, right? So my family's here, my friends are here, my church is here. So everything everything that I knew as a kid is still here for me, and I have that foundation here. I'd say that support during games too. Everybody comes out to support you. Yeah, the yeah, family sure. and everybody. I get to see all my family, all my friends from back from back when I was a kid, and it's just it's surreal. That's awesome. And so my next question is: Now that the team is ranked number one, and you being from Ona, how does it feel to play for Marshall when they're at the top spot in the country right now and they're undefeated? Yeah. So I'll. It's like the word I just used, it's surreal. It's like you would have never expected it because growing up, uh, Marshall was never like a big a big soccer school. And um, now they have like Marco Shirt, a school. It's a soccer school now, you know. We're number one in the nation. And being a kid from just down the street, it's really humbling. And I have, I'm filled with a lot of pride. That's awesome, man. And Marco, currently right now, you're tied for second in the country in goals after Denver played. But previously, you were number one. And being tied at that position on the number one ranked team as a freshman of all things, it's special to be able to do that. What does it feel like whenever you're out there on the field? Like, are you shooting? Obviously, you're shooting for goals, but when it comes to the season goal, is it in the back of your mind? Like, do you want to set that record as the number one goal holder, or is it just a part of the game and you just get out there and score? At this point, it'd be nice to get as much as I can, but. That doesn't really matter. I mean, we're number one. You don't want to just lose that. You want to keep that top spot and do whatever you can to contribute to the team to continue to keep winning. And with that end goal being the national championship, you want to just hold that for as long as you can and go with it. So if scoring contributes to that, then I'll keep doing that. And with the team being undefeated and winning that first conference game, is staying undefeated a goal of your all's or is it strictly towards that national championship? Yeah, I think I would say the main goal is to win the national championship but the best way to put ourselves in a position is to stay undefeated not lose a game it's like we want to win every game that we play awesome and so far the team's played fantastic all season what does a normal day of practice look like for you guys what are the focuses currently on when you're preparing for a game well now during the season we don't really get much in training like before you know you train each every day it's hard but now Maybe when you get to train, like you play, you have an off day, and then training is more of like a walkthrough. So you're just kind of going through your tactics, your set pieces, and you don't really get to compete as much as you did before the season, but we're still getting a lot mentally rather than physically. Yeah, for sure. Like our, a lot of our training is is in the mind. It's our video sessions. It's scouting what we can do better and what, what we're going to do against the opposition that we play that week. And, I mean, especially in college, the games come so, so fast. It's like once you play one, you have another one in a couple of days. So training has to be light. But this week we have a have a whole week in between, so we can go a little bit harder this week. And then once we get closer, then we'll take a step back and focus on UCF. And speaking of UCF, that game coming up, being playing the same day as VTech, are you guys going to be able to try to go to the game at all and watch VTech? Or is it strictly going to be a soccer day for you guys preparing for the game? No, I don't think we'll be able to with team dinners and preparation and all that. But, I mean, it'd be cool maybe watch on my phone, but we yeah. won't be in attendance. And the game itself, ranked number five in the country, you all being number one, 
what's the game plan going up against UCF for you all? Or you, yeah. Yeah, we just we want to put a lot of pressure on them. You know, they're they're coming to our home, and they know they're coming to the number one team in the nation's place. And we we know that we have we have that number one spot that we want to keep, right? So we want to put the pressure on them. It's the pressure's not on us. Like we're we're in front of our fans, and we know what we're gonna do. I mean, he worded that pretty well. Just do what we've been doing all season and continue it against no matter the opponent. And outside of UCF, let's talk in the future tense. WBU is ranked at number two. Marshall ranked at number one. I know you probably were expecting this question. Having to travel up there and face the number two team in the country when you're at number one and it being an in-state rivalry, so to speak, how does it feel having to travel up there and go play them at the number two spot? That's for the West Virginia boys. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just filled with excitement. You know, I, when the rankings came out, I saw the first time I looked for it was us, and then number two WU just put a smile on my face because I know we're gonna we're gonna be able to go up there with all our fans coming for sure, and that's gonna be a really really fun game and hoping to hoping to beat them. And with that question, we will take a quick break here on Sports View. You are watching the radio. Cutting Edge Radio Sports Network. Touchdown, Thundering Herd! Want to know the time of our next sports broadcast? Go to our website at www.marshall.edu slash WMUL and find the entire sports schedule on the front page. You can even go one step further and listen to the game live right off our website, www.marshall.edu slash WMUL. Yet another reason why we're the worldwide leader of Marshall sports coverage. WMUL 88.1. Does searching for good music on the radio feel like a wild goose chase? Hey, goose! Hey, come back here! Don't you get away from me! Aha! Gotcha! Ow! Well, your chase is over. Because throughout the week, WMUL plays many genres of music. From hip-hop to jazz to many flavors of alternative, WMUL has just what you're looking for. So don't be like this guy. Stop it, goose! Tune in to 88.1 WMUL. The cutting edge. Welcome back to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Radio Sports Network. Still here with me, Ryan Holmes and Marco Silva. So coming off of that break, we talked about games that are coming up. We talked about what it was like playing for Marshall and then being ranked number one. We talked a lot about the team, but it's not only the team we have to give credit to. How does it feel to play for Coach Grassy? What is he instilling you on practice every day? And at games especially. I mean, he's been an amazing coach. You know, this year I think they really turned it up a notch and they're really, like, building our structure. And, like, he likes to say he they manufacture the car and we just drive it. So he's really kind of built built the way for us and we're just taking over and doing what they have set in place for us. And what about you? You've been here, played the sophomore, and now you're a sophomore, so... After last year playing for him, how's it been building a relationship with Grassy? Yeah, I love Coach Grassy. He's the best coach by far that I've ever had. And, I mean, even we've had stories of the guys that who have gone off and played pro, and they, they're telling us, like, you know, you're not going to get anything like you get at Marshall. It's like the coaching staff with Chris, Josh, Kyle, Rafa. It's, it's all, like, it's next level. Like, college teams don't have that. 
So how does he in, inspire you all? Like pep talks? Does he get loud during before like pregame sessions? Is he a wild guy? Oh, his pregames are the best. He really knows how to get into us and really amp us up for a game that maybe we were a little slouchy for. But he gets us ready. Screams a lot. It's a little loud. It's more of a during the game kind of thing. Yeah. And so was he? Was he a big part in your recruitment coming to Marshall? No, yeah, he was. He he played a big role. I, mean, I had him a couple of times when I was sixteen, seventeen, and before I came here. And I had a had a few of the other assistants that that coached me growing up. So they they all had a had a role in my life and role in me coming here. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty unfamiliar with the staff, but then when I went on my visit. He really knew how to sell the school and the vision, and I liked what the direction that the program was going. And back to what you said a second ago about pro, is that the end goal for both of you whenever you graduate from Marshall? Is it hopefully to go pro in soccer one day, or is it what's the game plan if pro isn't an option and you graduate? What's your game plan for a job? Yeah, I think for, for most of the guys that are on the team, the goal is to go pro. Um, a lot of guys shoot for the MLS. Some guys shoot for even the Premier League. It's like they want – they want to play the highest level they they can, and they wouldn't come to Marshall if that wasn't the case. I mean, like he said, I mean, eventually, maybe for me, if it happens, then that's amazing. It's a dream come true. It's what I've always wanted since I was a kid. But if it doesn't, then I'm here getting an education also. So if that doesn't work out, I'll just get my degree and I'll move on. And I'll try to find ways to stay with the game eventually when I'm older, but that I don't have figured out yet. And then... If that is the case after receiving receiving that degree, is there any idea of what kind of job you would want to go into off of that degree, like a specific thing you want to do potentially? Mm, I'm not really too sure about that yet. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I, I have a, I'm getting a business and humanities major, and like the humanities part is just kind of for myself because I enjoy like doing the philosophy aspect and theology stuff. But um, I'm not really sure what where that's going to take me. And just a quick fun question here. If you say you are going pro, what would be your dream team to play for? Um, for me, I'd probably keep it in America and say the Columbus Crew just because like, I grew up being a fan, going to their games, and it's, what, two, three hours from home. So it's it's perfect. I mean, like him, if I were to keep it in the MLS, I would say the Philadelphia Union. That's where I played growing up. And then just to be close to home, that would be amazing. And just trying to inform the people at home a little bit more about you all. Take turns. Can you tell us your favorite soccer moment, not at the collegiate level, whether it's high school, growing up, the best soccer moment that you've had? What was it like? Um, I had a state semifinal game when I was a sophomore, right? And this may not be the best, but I, lo- I look back on it and I think it's it's pretty funny. So I, uh, we were playing George Washington and it was, I think we were down 1-0 and I had a free kick at the top of the box. And the, one of the senior captains came up and was like, I'm going to take it. And I told him no. I told him I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. So I lined up for it. I took a deep breath. And... I, it was the worst free kick of my life. It was terrible. But I always think of that. And like now, then it wasn't funny, but now I look back and I laugh laugh at it. Oh, geez. You gave me a lot of time to think, but I still don't <laughs> think I have. I still don't think I have an answer for that. My favorite moment? Oh, geez. Could be high school. Could be when you were younger. Just a memory out there that comes to mind. I'd say my most recent journey 
when I was at South Kent through that prep school, we went and we won the New England regionals and then got named national champions. And that was really a special team. <clears throat> and like I said, being with my now teammates also, it was, it was a lot of fun going through that journey. And outside of soccer, being a retro freshman and a sophomore, what's your favorite memory so far here about Marshall? Not playing on the field or on the pitch, not playing in practice, just going to school here, something that you've, you'll never forget so far? I'd say for me it was it was probably the first football game just because, like, I had been to football games when I was a kid, but, like, coming to it as a as a student at Marshall was just – it was it was a different experience for sure, and I really enjoyed it, something that I don't think I'll ever forget. Well, last year during that WVU Marshall game here at home, you know, they were playing – I was a ball boy for that game. So that moment really sticks with me a lot because I really think of my journey from being a ball boy to breaking into the team and then, then starting and then scoring all these goals. And moments like that really mean a lot to me because it makes me remember that I got to keep going and where I once came from. Just keep pushing and keep this spot. And I'd say that moment where it was in the WVU game and it was a state rivalry, I bet you're dying to play. Oh, my God, that was amazing. The crowd was amazing. You know, he... Milo scored the goal kind of right in front of me, and I ran, celebrated with the team, and that was that was an awesome moment. So not only because they're number two, but because of that memory when you go up to Morgantown, it's going to be special for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's awesome, man. And let's talk about um, just in general, what's the hardest classes that you guys are taking right now in your majors? The hardest class I'm taking right now is a Greek and Roman classics class. Really? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't expect it because, I mean, it's just a drama class. But like, I I went in there thinking, oh, this is just a drama class. I'll, I'll breeze through it. But, like, it, it requires, like, you reading a lot of a lot of, um, a lot lot of of plays and putting in a lot of work. Man, I had this accounting class last spring that I was stressing through the whole time. I had to get a tutor and spending hours in there and just studying for that. And that was a really difficult class. Yeah. And, um. Also, if I can collect the thought that I just had in my head, um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, anyways, back to what I was about to say. Um, so playing at that prep school, whenever, what made you decide to go to that prep school? Like, what drew you into the prep school out of anything? Would they, would you say the coach was the main thing, or was it you had friends that were going there at the time? Uh, that's a good question. So, pretty much. Th- before leading up to that was the COVID years. So the recruiting dead period was going on and I was really struggling to find a spot. I didn't have any offers, like any looks or anything even close. So by the time I graduated, I was like, oh man, I kind of need an extra year to figure out what I'm going to do. So kind of on your own, you search around, you find this option for a postgraduate year. So you look into that and then narrow it down to a few schools, but then the coach there um, Owen Finberg at South Kent, he really drew me in and showed that he cared and cared for me as well as the program and soccer, and it was like playing for another soccer academy. And excluding Coach Grassy here, because you play for him right now, and he's an amazing coach, but prior to Coach Grassy, who was your favorite coach that you ever had, whether it's even high school at the same time? It could have been when you were yay high, five years old playing. Yeah, that's a tough question. I've had a I've been blessed to have a lot of good uh, quality coaches, especially for someone coming through West Virginia. Um, but 
just to name a few, like Alex Fadovich, Tomas Olivier, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, they've all had a huge impact on me as a person and as a player. And the question finally came back to me. <laughs> so with you being number one now and many people didn't see it coming before the season, people out there doubted the team, didn't expect that they would be back in that spot so quick after that national championship year in 2020. So what do you have to say to those people that doubted you? I mean, it doesn't matter what they think. I mean, we internally, we know that our goal was to be the best coming into the season. I mean, this is why we go into school in June and stay in Huntington and train and train and take these trips and sacrifice maybe being with your family or other things because you know that that's your end goal and you want to just keep going. And we have a special team, so we really think we could achieve something special. Jeez. Yeah, I, I completely agree that, like, it doesn't it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks, what everyone's saying about us. It's like we know we know who we are, we know what we can do, and and the things that Grassy has installed in us that and what we can achieve and what our goals goals are, and we can definitely meet those goals. And the last question that I'll leave you all with right now, since you all have two years, well, you have three years left after this season, you have mm -hmm. two left after this season. What's the chances of this team potentially going back to back to back? I like to think it's it's high, you know, because the, the last year the goal was national championship. This year the goal was the national championship. Next year the national championship is going to be the goal again. So I think if that's your goal every year and the quality that we have and the, the young, we have a young squad as well. So I think that we can carry on this year and go all the way the next three. Yeah, I mean, he worded that perfectly. I'm not even going to add on to that one. <laughs> Same thought. And with that being said, I'd just like to thank both of you one more time for coming out here and taking the time to talk to me and to the viewers and listeners at home. So thank you both so much. And with that being said, that will wrap up this episode of Sports View. Award-winning coverage. Yeah, thank you for right. Yes, sir. And on the cutting edge, Radio Sports Network.